welcome to You Need to See This, a weekly film podcast about filling the gaps in our collective cinematic experience. I'm Cozy Orlin, and I'm joined by my co-host... Hi, Bree Jones! Hey, Bree! We're comedians, we're writers, we're fil- we are filmmakers, and we are objects that are also robots. Ooh. <laughs> uh, it's just like, is it cake? But instead of cake, it's robots. Is it robot? Is it robots? Is it, is it objects that are secretly robots or cakes? Who knows? All I know is that Mikey Day will do just the same job he's been doing. <laughs> uh, that's right. I'm dig- making the Mikey Day digs early. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not a normal part of this podcast, but maybe we'll integrate it in slowly. He seems fine. Um, every episode, one of us tries to convince the other and the audience that they need to see a specific film. And we do it all without any spoilers. That's the truth. And that's how we roll. Um, so, but very exciting today. We have a guest and today's guest is a talented director and writer and producer. He produced funnier dies gay of thrones with Jonathan, Jonathan Mm -hmm. Ness. Uh, he worked on a lot of hilarious shorts over the years. Um, I know him from the improv scene from way back in the day. And he is the host of the wrestling podcast. Get it again. It is Matt Mazzani. Hey, Matt. Beep, bop, bop, boo. What's up, everybody? How's it going? Oh, my God. He's a robot. Was a robot. Am a robot. I'm an alien. Don't know what the status is on my existence, but I'm happy to be here regardless. (laughs) Oh, relatable. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, fair. Matt, we are happy to have you. Uh, It's been a long time in the making, so this makes me very happy. Uh, Matt's always been a great dude, and um, and I am excited to to hear things about multiple things that you're doing. I want to hear about your podcast. Tell us about Get It Again. Uh, Get It Again is uh, a wrestling podcast where we go back and we watch uh, old wrestling uh, one episode at a time. So we're watching uh, a show called WCW Thunder, which if you're not a wrestling fan, there's WWE and there's WCW. This is what's happened in the 90s. Uh, and WCW was kind of like the lesser product, and WCW Thunder is specifically the B show of the lesser product. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we're watching it as we go. I I've never watched WCW. I didn't watch WCW at the time, so I'm like relearning about all these old wrestlers. And I'm there with uh, Stephen Lowe and Andrew Krakowski, um, who we both have a wrestling. We all have a wrestling a wrestling working experience. So uh, you get a little inside look at and chatting about a, a wrestling TV show that is 20 years old. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. I know Stephen. Yeah, a long time. Oh, yes. Oh, it's it's a joy. It, it's also it's also really fun to see what like uh, TV was back then and like what advertisements were. We always were going back and forth on the ads there because you have like this is a replay is bought you by Cinnaburst Slam of the Night, <laughs> and it's like and, and like all these ni- late nineties ads were like Cinnaburst Chew till it hurts, and it's it's this great. <laughs> I miss that '90s attitude that that ads used to have. Oh yeah, when everything was extreme. Yeah, yeah. extreme. Uh, yeah, lots of <laughs> lots of like big voices, and yeah, making it seem like if you don't have this, you're gonna be uncool, and yeah. that's just the yeah. way it is. The, like skateboards and guitar solos, and it's like if you don't have a guitar with a guitar solo, you can't eat our food. Right. It's like. like I mean, no joke. There was a, I think a Wendy's one we watched was like when it was like Wendy's double cheeseburger. Take your hunger, kick it down a cliff, and bury it in the backyard. I'm not joking. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, these people were so upset at their like lives that that, that this is what they brought. It. I like, I miss. I want to see Don Draper when he's 
like 70 years old pitching this stuff. Uh, <laughs> that sounds amazing. He's like, you're going to take a gun to flavor. Yeah, oh, exactly. God, I don't know yeah. if we could do that. Uh, that sounds a little difficult. <laughs> this this oldest, saddest alcoholic uh, guy who killed somebody in the war, and now he's like, well, we can't get rid of him. He's, his name is on the building. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, we'll just have to awkwardly work around this. Yeah, these are all really good ideas. I'll just write this one down. <laughs> yeah, please. Oh, no. Yeah, and it's it's interesting to see how ads have kind of brought a little of that back in some ways. Just And I'm mostly just thinking of all those ads for dudes that are like, hey, get your keep your balls clean with blah, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, the, the, the weird, like, yeah, the weird dude directed ads are just always like oh, uh yeah like it, it's it's sort of like it's not your mama's soap i'm like yes yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're just hitting each other for no reason you're like why are you doing this it's your mama's soap but it's in a blue container which means it's for <laughs> men yeah <laughs> and then it's like the same yeah same products but they're just like it's it's not masculine to have this this exactly the same shaving cream that that your wife definitely has it smells <laughs> like the forest <laughs> yeah and I yeah. and I want to be a manly man as much as anybody, but I have trouble when I go and there. Why have to put my body wash next to the motor oil? I get it mixed up, and next thing you know, I'm showering with motor. I mean, I like to get, I smell like an idiot. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I do. I find it kind of fascinating that it's there's a maybe a degree of escapism in that too, where it's like, well, you have your normal day job, and you're coming home, and you don't really have anywhere to be yourself. What if you smelled like the forest? You can't go there, but you can smell like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah all, I mean, that's always selling you. Uh, everything they sell you is a fantasy. All that stuff is a, is, is a, is a fantasy. So you gotta, you gotta, gotta watch out. You can't, you can't define it by what you're buying. You can't just like, I don't know. I mean, like, uh, that's, that's the one thing our generation's figuring out is when there's no, we have no funny money to buy our personalities. Now we have to like create our personalities out of like making sourdough bread or whatever <laughs> our hobbies happen to be. That's what oh, I mean, my personality. Yeah, you like, wow. used to be like, oh, I, I, I'm a boat guy. I have a boat, and Cozy's a <laughs> Cozy's a uh, he's a snow machine guy. We go oh, to yeah. the mountains, we ride his snow machines. <laughs> we used to be defined uh, by our toys. I have a feeling that as we all retire and get older and all that stuff, we will eventually become some kind of weirdo. I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and so we will end up all gardening or making dollhouses out of something. And, We'll still have an obsession, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. If we survive the revolution, if. Oh, good point. Big yeah, if. Or big if. Yeah, depending on the timing of the sun exploding or burning out. That's right. Right. Yeah, I just want to surf the solar waves like the like the silver surfer. That's what I'm going to do when it blows up. <laughs> that's my plan. That, yeah, that, I'm not going to be anybody's. Hobby. Oh, yeah. it's <laughs> a good idea. It's a good plan. <laughs> I mean, every time we get images of the solar system, we're like, I'm going to go there. Oh, that looks yeah. pretty. <laughs> yeah, I want that to be my, my thing when I'm an old person, just like looking back, being like, yeah, I just collect little trinkets of like old Earth. <laughs> yeah, that's my thing. Like, you know, before before the revolution, yeah, I've just got little bobbleheads of... Uh... <laughs> Remember toasters? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, can, what a can delight. I, can I ask you a question about this podcast, if you don't mind me breaking in, just come, just, is that a curiosity? Please. What what percentage if this is if this is a movie about convincing you to watch movies? What percentage of movies do you end up watching? If you if you get ten pitches uh, mm. to you uh, to you Scarlett to you Cozy, out of how many of those do you end up watching later? Um. Well, let's see. Uh, 
I can't. I mean, I can't speak for Bria on this one, but for myself, I would say uh, I use. I always watch. Like it used to be a different system where I we didn't really have it as like we're definitely going to watch. It's more like if we're if we have time, da 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 da. Uh, and that was with our old uh, co-host. But um, with Bria, what it's been like is. Uh, because it's kind of been a new sort of list, I've just been very on it and been like, I'm always going to watch no matter what. But with guests, um, it varies. Mileage varies uh, because part of it is that I know that we kind of want to bring the guest back and I know everyone has schedules. So I'm like, well, if I watch this one that I did with a guest and then I, ha- then I have to bring them back and what if they can't make it and then it's weird and stuff. So yeah. those are a little bit more like, depends on circumstances and life yes yeah like if there's a midnight screening of something that i was watching with a guest i'll be like oh my god this is a perfect time for me to see it yeah but um i also do need to get better about bringing guests back from that so i don't know maybe the number will go up yeah what, what about you Bree? how much do you watch do you watch when you when somebody's pitched well i mean or like because that i run into this i just ran into somebody yesterday that just like hadn't seen fargo and i'm not i i'm not the i try not to be that person that's like oh my god you haven't seen blank right. blank but that's <laughs> that's, that's, that's the but that's this. the premise of the pot right yeah so that's that like is exactly like, how this yeah this is yeah, about i love it i love that response it's truly it's like candy to me <laughs> but it's it is like, uh, but you don't want to be because people. There's a lot of reasons why somebody might not have seen a movie, but it's exactly uh, right. But there is movies that I just feel like I feel like Fargo. You have to have seen, but it. it I, and I don't want to be annoying. Yeah. So, but like so, but I mean like, so do you ever like get resistance from like when somebody pitches you a movie? You're like, well, now I'll never watch Fargo because everybody says it's so good. Who cares? How uh, good can it be? I mean, that's the resistance that I came into this podcast having, but not the one I have left having. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. my whole life I've been that guy of just like, oh, everyone's talking about it? Fuck this movie. Right. right. I for sure have been turned off for, like, similar reasons. Like, yeah, by like, I don't know. I took me a very long time to watch Titanic because I think at that point it had just been – Everyone's like, oh, I can't believe you haven't seen the tight, like haven't seen Titanic. It's like, well, I mean, I don't know. Now I just feel like I hear so much about it that I'm like, I do I really need to watch it? It seems like I'll just kind of like figure it out as you know, it's it's just, yeah, you just get kind of like turned off at some point, I guess, by people just, uh, but at the same time, I've also been guilty of doing it to other people. Um, so yeah, it's. I feel like though if if I get pitched a movie and like all the reasons are like convincing, like I'm pretty much down to watch anything. Um, right. So it is kind of like circumstances for me of like, if somebody, even if like, I'm not like a hundred percent on board by the end of the reasons, like, Oh, this is why you need to watch this. Like if I happen to just like be in a space where it's playing or if it, if I just kind of like stumble upon it as I'm like searching for movies to watch at home, yeah. I'll probably watch it. Like just to sort of, cause I think I get my curiosity is like, is, is enough to like, to just want to know if, if like if it, it matches to what I heard about it, you know, like if I can, mm. I just want to also know if I'm like, okay, well I come out of this, like feeling the same way. And that's like enough to make me want to watch it. Yeah. Well, yeah. And before this, I felt like I didn't really have much curiosity when it came to going back to things. Yeah. yeah. But I think this has given me a lot more than I used to have. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I, it's such a weird world where we're, I think in the streaming world, I, I, how much we find ourselves like just flipping through, hundreds of movies and it just becomes so daunting and so i guess if if you have there's like a slight hook 
even to like, the slightest hook of like why this movie right now, it's nice. It's nice to just go like, okay, I'll watch that. Yeah, exactly. that really does make a difference. Yeah, I think it's yeah, it's almost like for me, this podcast is really fun because it's like, yeah, it gives me like you said, it's like a daunting process to like kind of narrow down. Like sometimes I'm just like, I don't want to watch. I end up watching the same show that I've watched a billion times because I'm like, oh, I just don't even want to like think about having to choose a movie and watch trailers and stuff. So yeah. this podcast is nice because it's sort of like a. a a list of movies that like are already in my brain because I've heard an, uh, something about them. So it's like a good little like list to go off of if I'm like, okay, maybe I'll watch this and uh, yeah. Yeah. see what Right it's now about. the modern problem feels like um, uh, sort of like an overload of content. And so curation is always such a welcome change that people don't really talk about. But whenever they see it, they jump on it. And I'm like, yeah, I would love to be part of curation to help people feel less overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. What and what? What's the what's the biggest surprise movie that you were like avoiding, and then you saw it? You were like you you were like, oh, Morang, this is great! Like, what was the hmm. what jumps out is that? That's such a good question. I'm honestly I'm honestly not sure. Um, off the top of my head, I feel like a lot of the ones that we have done uh, have been guest ones, and those have been like a little bit bigger. And I still haven't caught. Well, oh, I mean, I would say that. Probably, and this is a sort of a different question that I'm answering a little bit, but a bigger movie, the biggest movie in general that I have seen after putting off for such a long time was uh, Young Frankenstein. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's about the reaction I was expecting from, I have been expecting from everybody. And I was like, you know what? Fine. I'll finally watch Young Frankenstein. And there are aspects of it that I enjoyed a lot and aspects where I was like, I thought I would like this more. But also... If you hear about that, if you hear about a movie for your entire life, there are bound to be changes in perspective. Right. Yeah. yeah I think yeah. for me it was Amelie. Like when you, cause it was one oh, that yeah. I had wanted to watch, but it was just kind of like, I don't know. I guess I just never felt driven to like, to, to watch it. I don't know. It was just one that like, I was kind of like, eh, like maybe, or it's like, I'm not in the right like spirit to watch like a coming of age movie like this. And I don't know. There's just some, some reason I just kept like avoiding watching it. Um, but then after uh, yeah, after doing the the podcast episode about it, where Cozy convinced me to watch it, I it was just like on my brain. So one day, I think I like, I mm-hmm. I was at in a video store and I I was looking for it and I just uh, I decided to to watch it. Ooh, that's a very that's actually a very romantic Amelie way to do it is to find it at a video store. I know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the video store is closed now. No, so yeah, I went in there basically because I think I was looking for it to str- on streaming and I couldn't find it. And there was like a video store walking distance from me, so I was like, yeah, why not? Let's go see if they have it there. And they happened to yeah to have like one copy that hadn't been rented out. So I was like, okay, well it's meant to be now. See now 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 we have to do just a tiny 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 mini episode of this <laughs> because let me tell you this I saw Emily when I was when I was a teenager I hated that movie Ooh, hated it yeah. so and I don't know maybe it was just being being a young uh, uh, a film film bro mindset when I was a kid but I found it I found it very loosey goosey I found it very twee I found it very like hmm. this, this this is my memory of it from watching when I was like fourteen or thirteen That's or something fair though uh, uh, and it was a little like too much like up its own uh, rear as I would say. <laughs> Uh, I get that, yeah. But but it, it, now that I, I'm a I'm a soft grizzled uh, near middle aged person, should mm-hmm. I would I enjoy this now? Do I have enough whimsy now to enjoy it, or is it like is the time to enjoy Amelie in my life gone? Right, that's such a it's a good question. I remember I was a big fan of it when it first came out, and then when I saw it more recently, I really appreciated it in different ways. So it's possible that those ways 
or new, you know, life circumstances might be a little bit more of a window for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's always worth a shot. You know, it's always worth a try. It's worth a shot. I think it's a, it's, I kind of, I think was, that one might've been one of the reasons I was like sort of deterred from watching it too, is like, Mm. it just, I always, I knew enough about it to know it was kind of like, I was like, oh, it's kind of like romantic and just sort of like soft. And like, I was like, I'm never really in a mood to watch like, I guess, yeah, like romance, like whimsical films, but, uh, and I think I just was never in the right, like headspace to watch it. But then when I like, when I went in just with the goal of watching it and just like let myself just just enjoy it then it was it was great i really loved it and i thought it was like a, such a interesting like style and like way of describing mm. the characters and such like great little details in that movie that like i think was like so it was just, it was very unique to like anything i had seen before so yeah, yeah it's very detail focused which very i really detailed. love yeah things i probably wouldn't have appreciated when i was younger but now i'm just like i love details i'm in <laughs> yeah, yeah. maybe we'll find it somewhere because i also i also love movies that that affect you in different ways, different times in your life. I think that's always yeah. interesting. Like, like you go from like I, I just realized that the last couple of years I switched from uh, watching Home Alone and like uh, identifying with Kevin to watching Home Alone and realizing uh, what a babe Catherine O'Hara is in that movie. <laughs> like, oh, she's, amazing. She, she's like our, she's like our age now, and you're like, whoa, 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 hey. That's, that's like what a different uh, what a different thing here going on i hope <laughs> i hope mom completes her adventure you know it's like a little bit like uh but no you're more with the parents now at this point than you are with the kid that's a um, good call yeah oh, and also see like watching ferris bueller now where i'm like well i don't really care about ferris anymore he's like an idealized version of like a perfect fun life Whereas like Cameron is more where, who I'm on the side of. I'm just like, oh, this is a vulnerable person who exists. Whereas the other guy, it's like, who fucking knows? Uh, he's not the focus of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, the, yeah. It's also like the idea of like a, what a teenager thinks is cool. is <laughs> not as cool anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah, people forget that. I feel like I'm constantly yelling on street corners being like, no one cares about motorcycles and sunglasses. Today it's vaping and, and like <laughs> weird, weird hoverboards. You're fine. <laughs> right. Well, remember when boombox, boomboxes used to be cool to carry to like your love interest uh, <laughs> and, sh- yeah. and show your love by blasting and like making little mixtapes and stuff. And now it's like, uh, I don't know, uh, just yeah, it's, it's it's a different world. It's a different world. Yeah. You know what? Boomboxes are cool, though. I think boomboxes <laughs> are cool and still would be cool today because I don't think people have the confidence to carry on a boombox anymore. That's, um, maybe, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Like we all have, we all have our own earbuds and we're like, well, I'm gonna make my own little private my little private music world that nobody can get into. But like, there's something about putting out a boombox. Be like, this is what I'm listening to, and this is what anybody within 30 feet of me listening to. <laughs> like, Honest, yeah, you know what? That's a good point. And also, I feel like I would respect those people a lot more than the people who just like walk around playing music like on their phone speaker because those oh, people yes. annoy me. But I'm like, if you carried a boombox, like I'd have to respect you. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. I think I do think boomboxes still remain cool, even though they're they're all but extinct. Right. It's just oh, we don't yeah. see them anymore. So it's like they would be cool if we knew if somebody was cool enough to just do it. And that's the problem is no one's doing it. Yeah, they've yeah. got potential for cool if we bring them back. Yes. Yes. As a crew. Yes. This is my idea. We're doing this. Let's bring them back as a crew. Dude, <laughs> I I'm not joking. I I would not be surprised in, f- in five years. Within five years from now, like there would be like a, a boombox renaissance about like this. Like it's kind of a throwback idea to have your music playing out loud and like 
Yeah. It's also also that they are big and they're like they're statement pieces. You have to like carry them. Right. Um, it's work. It's work to carry a poo box around. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it'd yeah. be funny in this day and age too because it's like you know. Boombox era was like pre-podcast. I just imagine somebody walking around with a boombox, like playing like the daily or just like any sort of like podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Subjecting someone to like listen to a two hour uh, conversation. Yeah. Just NPR on blast. Yeah. yeah. Just Terry uh, Gross bouncing off the subway walls. What a delight. <laughs> People need to be doing that more often. Yes, yeah. I'm totally. Yeah, if I could, if I saw a boombox, I would, uh, I would try it. Yeah, why not? Worth a shot. I still have my ex's boombox from uh, 2012. Um, it is flowery and very. Uh, speaking of things designed for men or designed for women, that one was like obviously a very like girls will love this boombox because it's flowery. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. Um, I never bought the extreme boombox. <laughs> yeah yeah i've got it in my kitchen and uh it's got like an adorable frog um shaped well not shaped but like a bowl like a big bowl that has like sort of a cute kawaii frog on it and i like having it it's nice that's funny too going back to marketing things like uh like this is man's boombox this is woman's boombox like that's really (laughs) all it is it's like it's still a boombox but one of them's pink and has flowers it's um, true. It truly makes no difference. Right. The more we understand that gender is a cron- construct, the more adorable attempts at tone it are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, amazing. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I suppose we should jump into the film. I feel like in some ways that also definitely relates to the movie. Uh, we'll see if we talk about it or not. But uh, Talk about boomboxes? Oh, we're going to talk about a couple of boomboxes in this movie. Yeah, we are. Ooh, okay, <laughs> so it is, yeah, re- relevant, relevant. Yeah. It's definitely relevant. Uh, today we're talking about probably one of the first movies that I ever loved in my life. Uh, it's a movie that involves epic giant robots in space. It is 1986's animated cult classic The Transformers the Movie. And Brie, you need to see this. All right. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, is that it? Did we do it? Did we win? You already convinced we me. Yeah. <laughs> Hold it up. <laughs> you got me at Boombox. You had me at Boombox. Oh, yeah. Now I want to be cool and I have to see how, how they do it so I can be cool with a Boombox. You got to The cool crowd's doing it. Oh my God, the cool table won't ever let us sit there if we don't watch this Boombox-related movie. Right. I'm easily convinced because I'm just, I, I, you know, I, I crumble under peer pressure and there's already two two of you against me, so. <laughs> Perfect. We're going to bring tons more peer pressure to just like Um, the 90s ads (laughs) yes oh god i mean honestly 86 it's pretty close it's not far uh but yeah let's start off with a synopsis of this thing uh i definitely needed a synopsis of uh i needed to sit down and write this synopsis after watching it because i was a little confused at parts um in ways yeah, that I we, was not confused as a kid, and we could also just 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 preface this breathe it's saying that the synopsis not even important. It doesn't, but yeah, yeah we'll, we'll say it anyways. But okay. it's not not the reason to watch this. Yeah, uh, exactly. That's a good that's a good way of putting it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, so, all right. Okay. So, Brie Brie has a little bit of uh, Transformers history, but we'll get into that later. Um, but for the audience, if you don't have Transformers history. There are the Autobots, which are the good giant robots, and the Decepticons, which are the bad giant robots. Uh, the Autobots live on a planet called Cybertron, along with also a place called Autobot City on Earth. Those are the two locations that they have. 
uh, when the movie starts, the Decepticons have already invaded and taken over Cybertron. The Autobots have retreated to two of Cybertron's moons, and they are determined to reclaim Cybertron. To help with this, an Autobot goes to Earth for supplies, but Decepticons hijack and take over the ship. This results in a fierce battle on Earth, the result of which is devastating. Let's keep it vague. Um, also, a new threat to the Autobots also appears in the form of Unicron, a massive planet that eats other planets, starting with the moons that the Autobots have been living on. And that's the synopsis. Whoa. <laughs> Much longer than usual ones that we do on this podcast. But because I had such a, like, I was so confused. I was like, we got to spell this shit out. Right. I know I'm already like trying to like track the details in my head. <laughs> oh God. Oh no. Yeah. Basically fighting between Autobots and Decepticons dominates this movie. And then a uh, planet that in, eats planets. In space and a big planet is there. Great. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Oh. Wonderful. Uh, <laughs> well, and it's, it's all, even though it's like also, even though it sounds like there's a lot of backstory to it, there is a lot of in this movie of people saying exactly what's happening. Yes, it's really true. on the nose uh, exposition. <laughs> so like you never do get lost. Every 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 battle makes sense. Everything that happens makes sense. It's right. true. It just moves quickly. I don't know. I feel like when I was a kid, I was tracking it really well, and then this time I watched it twice just to make sure I understood everything. <laughs> That's good. I'm all for exposition of it. Yeah, it helps make them the everything like so much less confusing. So yeah, it makes a big difference. Big worlds like this need it too. It's just like it's true. You can't jump and into like a big sci-fi or big like big space movie without it. Yeah, and they do. They do like genuinely throw you into it immediately. Like if you're not familiar with the series, it's a little tougher because they don't really talk about the characters. Uh, very much they don't really introduce anybody they're just like these are all your people that you have loved for two seasons worth of television Mm -hmm. Um, and so I had to do some research and be like oh this is what their deal is but anyway I am getting ahead of myself this movie was directed by Nelson Shin he worked on the Simpsons the Oblongs G.I. Joe Spider-Man the Pink Panther Mr. Magoo Mm -hmm. and also a show called Meatballs and Spaghetti (laughs) Um, which I looked into because I've never heard of Meatballs and Spaghetti, and it's about a couple who are rock stars. What? Ooh. Yep. Spaghetti sings, and her husband, Meatballs, plays the drums. Wow. <laughs> and Spaghetti plays a fucking guitar in it. Um, also, not only does their dog play the drums, he drives their van. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> that sounds uh, good. Yeah, it's insane. I watched a little bit of it, and there was a laugh track uh, on this cartoon. It was made by Marvel. It's all insane. None <laughs> of it makes me really crazy. So I'm glad I learned about meatballs and spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, I love. I was not expecting it to be about uh, a band <laughs> at all. It's just so much. It's just so much. <laughs> but I think that's what Marvel was doing back in those days with animation. They're just throwing meatballs and spaghetti on the wall and seeing what's stuck. <laughs> um, uh, this movie was written by Ron Friedman. At some point, he switched over to animation with like lots of GI Joe. But before that, he wrote for TV shows that you would recognize like Bewitched and I Dream of Janie. And The Partridge Family, Starsky and Hutch, Chico and the Man, Get Smart, The Odd Couple, uh, Gilligan's Island, Fantasy Island, and no other shows about islands. (laughs) (laughs) So really everything from a specific time period. And then this movie, like... He, the guy who wrote Bewitched, wrote the Transformers movie. That's insane. I love right. it. 
Very different, but also Very different. yeah, a true professional who can just cross over genres. Yeah, and, and like and so much, so many years of comedy writing. Yeah, but there, there also has to be a book about this or something because I, I do, I hear all those TV shows and I hear all this TV, but this, this, the animation in this movie is pretty bananas, and it does feel like uh, more of a high budget anime movie, like Akira. Than it does feeling like like uh, like a like a TV movie translation of it. It's because it, it's it's it, it's gonna be very hard to explain like over this, but like the animation is very like just good and technical, and there is like just a million little technical parts to all these robots, and then they break apart, and they're just. I mean, I, I can't imagine this being hand drawn, and it must have taken so much time to do. Oh, I'm sure. Oh my this, gosh. this feels expensive. This feels yeah. super expensive. It's such a huge step up from the animated series. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Um, yeah, and I, I think we'll get into that a little bit more, too. Uh, it was also created by uh, Henry Orenstein, or Orenstein, not sure, who also created the animated series Transformers. Uh, the only things on his IMDb were animated Transformers, a TV series about poker, and dying of COVID at 98 last year. And Aww. honestly, that is a hell of a life. Yeah. yeah. Like that's all you need. You've done quite a bit. It's quite a bit. Just like yeah. nailed nailed some real good transformers, and then like most likely, I feel like he probably just disappeared into poker because like he was in a documentary about poker probably twenty years later at least. Yeah, oh, he's man. like, I don't need to write. Uh, yeah, transformers is all I need, and I would probably feel the same way. Like if you had such a you know uh, this this kind of like following of like not only the show but then you get the reboots of michael bay like yeah yeah i'd be like you know what creator. i'm just gonna do something else now i feel like i've done yeah i've reached my my peak here <laughs> yeah it's like let's franchise this and let's uh let's collect some chips mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um this movie uh is starring peter cullen and Op- as optimus prime frank welker as megatron along with robert stack judd nelson uh, Eric Idle is in this movie. Hmm. Uh, Casey Kasem, Scatman Crothers, Leonard Nimoy, and Orson fucking Wells. Wow. It's a very good cast. <laughs> very specific. Um, and just also the weird thing is I'm not, I'm not even super familiar with the cartoon. Other than like Colin and Welker, it, the... the the There's a lot more celebrity casting for the movie. Like there's no yeah. Leonard Nimoy. There's no... Casey Kasem, Scam and Crothers for the other parts were there, or, or some of those people involved with the cartoon as well? I'm not sure. That's a good question. It feels like it should be like celebrity casting for the movie. That's my assumption. Um, I definitely had to go back and even see which characters from this were in the animated series and which ones were new. Yeah. A lot of it was reconciling my memories from it and trying to be like, did I, was I obsessed with this character before that? But um, I'm not really sure. Like when I'm not sure if Judd Nelson played Hot Rod on the TV show or not. But I'm curious about that. I am mildly curious. But who knows? I'm sure that we can find that out uh, while we're talking in a very slick way. Yeah, yeah. Leonard Nimoy and Orson Welles those are like very identifiable voices. So that's like already intriguing. Just to see, it's like yeah, hearing those voices behind giant alien robots is. It's fun. Yeah, especially especially in a in sort of a sci-fi alien or, or a sci-fi outer space robot fight sort of movie mm-hmm. where you're like, oh yeah, Nimoy has some some outer space experience. That's a perfect casting choice. But he, he's also kind of playing against type Nimoy in this one too. 
Huh. Yeah, that's a very good point. He is very evil. Yes. Oh, wow. So Scatman Crothers was Jazz for 33 episodes. Okay. Um, and uh, Casey Kasem was uh, was 53 episodes. So some of these definitely came across, which is uh, which is nice to see. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a good gig. Whenever you can, uh, if you could be on a TV show and you're Scatman Crothers, why not? Hell yeah, yeah. make that money. I've been saying it. I'll keep saying it. Everyone needs to be making that good money when it comes to good art. Oh my God, Brad Garrett was on the cartoon. Really? Oh wow! Five episodes in 1986. Brad Garrett played Trypticon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do with that, but I love it. Yeah, it's like yeah. Batman was a uh, yeah, uh, you know, in one of my favorite movies, The Shining. So I love Whoa, I did not know that. Yeah, that's cool as hell. Um, yeah, I'm not even seeing I'm not even seeing Hot Rod in the series cast for the for Transformers, which is for the Transformers, which is strange. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not I, sure when he was introduced. I just saw a movie with Scatman Crothers and I was reading some stuff about it and it, it was the it was the movie that Scatman Crothers did after The Shining and the, he he was doing a he was doing a uh, a series of takes and he, they did like four takes and they're like, okay, moving on. And Scatman Crothers like, that's it. Like, you're not doing any more takes. Like, no, moving on. And Scatman Crothers started crying what? because he, he started crying because he was so relieved that he didn't oh. have to do eighty or ninety takes like like Stanley Kubrick would do. Yeah, uh, amazing. <laughs> so he was just so he was so emotionally relieved and scarred from The Shining that he is. Uh, that he, he was, had like post traumatic stress from that. So, oh, gosh, I know. Yeah. Like, and, and it's, it, it is kind of a weird thing to like, I because I love The Shining, but I also know it's like, yeah, Kubrick was like totally emotionally abusive to like oh, ev- every single actor on that set to get like that perfect take and just put them through hell to get it. Yeah, but not Jack. Well, I mean, I know Jack did all the takes, but I don't think he was, it feels like everything I saw him and Jack got along really well. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it seems oh, like, the yeah, and then like Shelly Duvall is also like super. Uh, I, I mean, I know she's like done interviews about how like awful it was to work on that set too. Yeah, yeah, no, oh, but, but the movie was good. Can't deny it. It's tough. It's tough, it's tough to say. It's a good movie though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, in an ideal world, the art will inspire people rather than the practices behind it, right? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean. But I, I do think Stanley Kubrick is like that was part of his process was to drive his actors crazy so that they would be right, crazy right. on screen, which is like, you know, but also you could just act. Uh, but it, yeah, exactly. Uh, like we don't need that process anymore. Now we could just do acting and we, we can, you know, use old memories and things like that. And there's a million acting techniques that don't involve that. Yeah. Well, I guess easy for us to say that we, we weren't we we've never made the shining what do we know you know yeah, it's hard. That's so hard so hard it's, it's a tricky one cooper's oh, no, a tricky I made one. The shining, but it wasn't that good yeah yeah exactly <laughs> my version was just like a flashlight and, yeah. and everybody's Other having fun stuff. we did two takes <laughs> it was great i had a great it was time really chill. there was a hotel but i was like watching cable it was great yeah. yeah, mine was the shiny, and it was just like me vi- uh, videotaping a bunch of shiny objects to like Ooh. a creepy soundtrack. <laughs> that was it. A good time, uh, Matt. When's the first time you saw Transformers the movie or the Transformers the movie, which I never realized <laughs> was in there until now. <laughs> the Transformers. The movie. It it had to be when I was when I was very young. This is one of those movies that like I. Uh, it, like I, I'm trying to think when I when I rewatched it for the first time as an adult or like at least like kind of more more sentient person was like probably my <laughs> teens, 
and but like when it was, it was one of those is one of those times when you watch something and you realize like oh i don't remember this movie at all but i remember every single frame <laughs> and every sound effect and everything that it's like it's yes. like a de- it's deeply nostalgic like for me this Holy movie shit. um more. <laughs> but i because i don't remember when i first watched it but i do remember like some things about it like as i'm watching it i'm not trying I'm to try not to spoil stuff but like there's some stuff that happens with Megatron and like the way that 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 he transforms and changes in the movie is so scary to me. And yeah. then like the 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 power over him is so like there's there's certain things that are so scary and upsetting about this movie. Uh, <laughs> still true. to this day, like they're just like they're just like they're 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 like really emotionally intense. Yeah, and, it's uh, effective. And I think when I'm a kid, like they were just like really like holy shit, like, uh, <laughs> and and I also do feel like I do feel like I have this general feeling that this was an adult movie that I shouldn't be watching, even yeah. when I was a kid. Like I have that feeling like I shouldn't have watched this movie. Uh, obviously, it's meant for kids, but it just ha- has this kind of adult uh, sheen to it that just feels like ooh, they, they made a Transformers movie for the adults, not for me. Yeah, I mean they even. They even say shit in it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They do. They do Whoa. say shit in it. That really stood out to me on the rewatch. I was like, did I watch this as a kid? Jesus. Yeah. yeah it's a, I'm guessing it was a rated PG-13 or PG? It was PG. I guess, the, I guess they put in the word shit to make it a PG rating so that they would get more viewers or something like that. Huh. Yeah, what is like the separate? I was like, what is PG? Is it just like curse words? Like, I don't know. I'm not sure what the, the real um, like strict the structures of that are. Yeah, I, I think the because because it was well there was GPG and then PG thirteen became happened because of Temple of Doom. Mm. Mm. Um, so before Temple of Doom, there was no PG thirteen, and then they made that for like teenage movies because like that was like that you know had a heart ripping out the monkey head stuff and yeah, there was some pretty intense stuff that is like but I I think it all has to do with like intensity of mm. things especially between G and PG. Yeah, um, that makes sense to me. I'm not surprised. I just remember seeing a big chart of it in Casa Video when I was a kid and seeing all the people like the an- the little cartoon drawings of who could be allowed in a movie and who couldn't. I do like the yeah. The, and there's the rabbit that went to the rated X the movie. I love the rabbit. Mm. That's such a great chart. In his little jerk off trench coat, too. He had his yeah. little, like... It's true. It was a creep rabbit. The little creep <laughs> yeah. rabbit who goes to the, the, the late night showing to be alone in the theater. <laughs> Amazing. Well, it's also funny because the the whole point is the rabbits are for for from G to 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 rated X, I think at the time. Yeah, so I think it, it was the X. So it is very funny that this like this this pervy rabbit that's like I'm gonna go watch Showgirls is also yeah. like, oh, of course I'm gonna watch Beauty of the Beast, and I realize like that rabbit is like who all like film Twitter grew up to be. It's like <laughs> yeah. the, the 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 person that sees everything and argues about kids movies, but then like. Likes all these weird pervy movies at the same time. Oh God! I just hope I'm he's sure. not the tricks are for kids rabbit. <laughs> Maybe it is. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe the tricks are for everyone rabbit. That's just so scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There should be no rated X. Everyone should see everything. Even kids should be scarred. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so they will become like us. I had no idea about the the Temple of Doom being the reason that PG thirteen existed, though. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's Brie is an Indiana Jones person. I have never seen any of them. Oh man, uh, <laughs> they're pretty good. That's yeah, what I hear. Yeah. yeah, my Instagram yeah. account is still Brindiana Jones because uh, I guess that was like what just stuck in my head when I was making it. But it's, uh, 
Now I can't say I don't like the movies because now it's part of my username. So yeah, <laughs> fair point. Fair point. Um, also, uh, to go back to the uh, or some of the original stuff, I saw Fargo for the first time this year. Oh yeah, yeah, or possibly last year. Yeah, um, and I still have not seen Titanic. <laughs> Fargo oh, was man. the first one I did on this podcast, right? Oh yeah, that's why I saw it. Yes, absolutely. Yes, that was the first one I tried to convince Cozy to watch. Oh, yeah, amazing. And it's great, right? Like you're, yeah, you're better I was a fan. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I that that was one I was like, man, I, I don't want to be a hard on about this type of subject, but Fargo's one I was like telling my friends, like, yeah, you got to, you should see it, you should see it. I love uh, the Coen Brothers. Yeah, the Coens are great, but also just like that Frances McDormand, her performance in that is just like is is like to this day a singular performance. I don't think anybody has touched. Oh, uh, she's so good in things. Yes, she's out there um, doing that good work. Yeah, and then Titanic. Come on, uh, uh, there is there's uh, man. They do they do a 3D re-release of Titanic every once in a while. You got to see it in the theater. It's so good. That's a I'm, good idea. I remember I saw I saw in the theaters. I saw in the theaters when I came out. Like it was like I was like it is that thing where like the 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 world looks different after you see a movie like that. Uh, it's so big and it's a, it's such it's such perfect cinema. I loved Titanic. Love oh. Titanic. I feel like the world just looks different every time I leave my apartment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't look like Titanic, though. Yeah. No. <laughs> no well, no. honestly. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. Um, anyway, yes. Uh, where were we? The Transformers, the movie. Um, my first experience with this, uh, when this came out, I was two years old. So I probably didn't see it in theaters. But when I was a kid, I specifically remember loving Transformers. Like, that was my toy. Those were my entire jam. I was a Transformers kid. I had three buckets of toys, and they were probably 90% Transformers. Wow. And, like, 10% stuff my my um, my babysitter just gave me, like, inherited toys. Maybe that was, like, 20% of those. But I have a feeling Transformers were probably part of that, too. Uh, I loved the animated series. I had a big white book that went into great detail about all of the Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what that book is called. I tried to look it up for this and I could not find it, which probably says something about it too. <laughs> um, I remember absolutely having all the to toys from this very movie. Uh, I had a hot rod that was like basically made out of metal, I think. And it was very transformable and I loved it to death. So cut to 20 years later, <laughs> uh, 2006 movie clerks two came out. Uh, I loved Clerks. I was very excited about Clerks 2. And honestly, I was a big fan of the second one. And uh, I really, like, I loved the giant conversation about it, about the upcoming, like, live-action Michael Bay Transformers movie. And I think partially because of that, when the Michael Bay Transformers came out, I purposefully avoided it. And then I avoided all of the live-action Transformers, and I haven't seen a Transformer since. Hmm. So that is my history with Transformers. Very, young, very much youthful thing. So rewatch this movie a million fucking times because everything in it also, Matt, just like you, it fully rang all the bells. Yes. Oh, which is it, an interesting feeling. Yeah, that, that it's that it's that it's I can't explain. Like I've I've run into a few things. That was one of the. Uh, uh, There's a movie I watched called Kung Fu Kids Two. I did it for another podcast that I. That I love it. it. Just I I did remember, but then when I rewatched it, I was just like, oh, it's like every like it's like every sound, every image just kind of like hits you, just like. 
but you but you don't consciously know it. You couldn't recall yeah. it. Uh, but then you watch it like, oh no, I do know this thing. Oh, so um, wonderful. That's how I am with the first like sound effects from the first Sonic the Hedgehog game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are in my bones. What um uh, uh did you have a Unicron toy? Was there was there a Unicron toy? I I think I saw that there was a Unicron toy and breathe uh, as a reminder, Unicron is the giant planet that that eats planets. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, played you. by Orson Welles. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. That feels like weird commentary on him at some point, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so rough. Um, but uh, I, it, it looked like they said they were trying to develop a toy and then they like failed, like they couldn't make it work. Yeah. Oh, I get that. Yeah. It seems like it would be a hard toy to like make <laughs> from concept to, to reality. A, a planet eating yeah. planet seems like hard to very tough to make <laughs> but i remember having the galvatron toy and being so fucking psyched to like fit the uh and galvatron is another villain in it he's another one of the uh one of the decepticons brie and mm. um he he's like um very like purple shades i think like shades of purple and i was a big like that was my favorite color as a kid i was real psyched about it and you know, part of his deal is turning into like sort of a big gun and uh, but like kind of a perp, like maybe a cannon style gun rather than a handgun gun. Hmm. And I remember fitting like the uh, the tube into the gun part of it and being like, this is the coolest thing. It lights up like a bazooka kind of not like maybe more perchable like a cannon, you know, like, OK, yeah, like something you'd have to set up on the ground and fire at somebody. Got it. Got it. OK. So yeah. I, I I did look it up and it's it's a it's a current thing. It's like for these collector types, but there is a a six hundred dollar Unicron toy Whoa. that Whoa. that looks great. And when he when it when it's planet size, when it's like looks like a planet, it is it is thirty inches in diameter. What? Whoa. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. I love it. Uh, oh, that's pretty great. That's pretty great. I what a I, I would what never, treat. but pretty great. Do you still no, have some I'm of your toys, of- Cozy? Uh, I don't have any. I got rid of all of them at some point. Um, I remember uh, at some point, I think these were like these little bits and pieces of growing up where I talked to my parents and I was like, I need to get rid of all of my toys. Let's donate them all. Let's go through. And I do remember seeing so many toy guns at the bottom of my buckets. Like I had this feeling of why do Transformers have handguns? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like this seems unnecessary for kids. Right. <laughs> also, like, aren't they so powerful on their own? <laughs> yeah, I was like, these are giant robots. They could step on people and punch it. They don't need, like, a fit-in handgun for their hand. But uh, that was definitely part of my growing up process. <laughs> Guns don't kill people. Transformers kill people. Transformers. <laughs> oh, is there a TNRA for the Transformers? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, God. What is, what's his name? What does uh, Clint Eastwood turn into or the other guy? Oh, whatever. yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, Clint, um, would, Clint, Clint would turn into the chair. The the, that the feels chair right. Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, uh, Bree. So, what are what are your what's your background with Transformers, and what are your first impressions? Okay. Um, well, I will say that it's, it's a bummer you don't have all your toys because I, it seems like those would be worth a lot of money now. Yeah, I um, probably destroyed them, honestly. Uh, <laughs> no <longer for> that. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true because they only really want like mint condition stuff. Um, mm, I I watched a little bit of the of the animated series, but like not I don't really remember a lot of it, but I had seen a little bit um, probably like I would say 
like teenage years, maybe preteen, like, but I don't, uh, I didn't really like know a whole or like really get into Transformers uh, until I think like I had seen the Michael Bay movies first. And that was really like the first time I had ever like been, um, been like in, immersed into the world of Transformers. Uh, just seen a few of like of of like the animated series beforehand, um, but yeah, I saw I think the first two Transformers movies by Michael Bay, and that was pretty much like the extent of my Transformers experience. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, interesting, understandable. Well, and um, what, what do you think about the the how do you how do you like the the Michael Bay Transformers movies? Um, I think I remember liking the first one, uh, and then the second one. I think I liked it less, but I still like thought it was fun. Um, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I thought they. Were, I thought I liked it. Um, I don't think I. Uh, I know like. I, I know a lot of people who like watch those movies who were fans of Transformers. I think had different feelings about it. Um, mm. But yeah, I generally like thought it was like a fun, uh, fun movie. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're, yeah. They're- I would say too, like kind of going into that, and I, it sounds like you avoided it. And I watched them. I was excited just because I was like, "Oh, Transformers should be cool." Yeah. I just thought the design was just very much like like Michael Bay would put colors on these Transformers very disdainfully. He's like, <laughs> "Fine, we'll make Optimus Prime kind of blue and kind of red." Yeah. And to me, the Transformers are so colorful and so like they're so like these vibrant things from this cartoon. And then, like, I just felt the the design was always just, like a little like it, it is kind of amazing in its own way, but it is just like so strangely muted and metal and and just kind of just nothing. I mean, I don't know why those choices, but maybe you thought they made it more realistic, I guess, in that way. But it was mm-hmm. it was a little bit of a bummer, and I was a little I, I never was a generally a fan. Um, I did have a terrible experience where I watched Transformers three twenty nine times. Whoa! Because I I had a job early on back in the day where I'd QC stuff for Paramount, and basically uh, be- before they sent stuff to mm. uh, foreign countries, they would they would okay this is the this is the the Spain cut, so it's going to be Sp- like Spanish subtitles, mm-hmm. uh, and but but in English, and now here's the dub Spanish one uh, with no subtitles, and I sit there and watch them all in like different languages, and watch them with translators and. People wow. spoke it, and we basically do watch it just to make sure that there is no frame slips, that the the subtitles right in place. But I I I had to do Transformers three, and and it's loud, and it's so long, and it's so there. The ending is just like horrible. I just hated oh. the ending because of the, <laughs> the the ending of the movie, and I think it's actually Leonard Nimoy. Nimoy comes back for this one, and mm-hmm. he plays this Transformer that's like a, it's an Autobot. That ends up like being a you know, spoiler for Transformers Three, but yeah, who cares? I was gonna say, I was like, if you're if you want to skip this, feel free. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but but Leonard Nimoy plays like some some Autobot who betrays the Autobots to the Decepticons, and because he, he he's actually like he was actually uh, uh, Optimus Prime's uh, mentor, so he's like an older Autobot. He, like he, like he plays like an old man Autobot, but he but he betrayed him. And then at the end of the movie, he he's like he gets beat. And he's kind of climbing. He's crawling towards. Optimus Prime, and he goes like, he's like, please, Optimus, please forgive me. I made a mistake, and I am sad. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and then Optimus Prime goes like, no mercy for terrorists, and he blows his head off with a shotgun. And, and, and he, as he's like, no, and it's like, it's like wow. so sad. It's like, oh man, he made a mistake, and like he wants forgiveness, and 
He just yeah. blows his head off with a robot shotgun. Oh I had to watch God. it every time. And I was just like, every time I was like, God, it's so upsetting. It's this, so this, brutal. I feel this, like I... Yeah, that's this gangland style execution of this old robot man. Does he curb stomp him too? Oh no! <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't put it, it wouldn't put past. And then yeah, because then he blows his head off, and then like Optimus Prime looks up, and there's like a big American flag behind him. No! Yeah! Wow! Wow! Honestly, I'm that checks out. It. Yeah, yeah. That, like that is one thing I was gonna add too is like I did. I think I did see the third one too. I must have just blocked it out because I was like, oh, I, I do remember that. Um, but I think that was the one thing that I remember being like, it felt like. Like I had fun watching at least the first one for sure, um, but I did I couldn't help but think that it was it all just felt like a giant like car ad to me. I was <laughs> like, this all feels like like I don't know. It was like like you said, the colors were muted, but like it felt I don't know. It it felt like spectacly more than like emotional for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, there was a, that, that's just like such a, it's like American thing to, to do. Just like, that's like yeah, what we were talking terrorism. about. With, <laughs> yeah. But that's like what we were talking about with Godzilla, right? Where, uh, where the early Godzillas were, uh, like about that emotion. And then it became more of like a spectacle and like American giant monster movies are very spectacle focused and all that. Right. Yeah. There it is. There it bringing, is. Bringing those callbacks. <laughs> Great. So, um, I think we can start talking about our five reasons to see this movie. How nice. Yay. Um, we're going to start with one from Matt, and then we'll just switch off. Great. All right. So, like I so said, I will try not to be spoiler on this, these, and I, I don't think I necessarily have one that, that will lead to it, although there is one that definitely would be, won't be this one. But um, <laughs> so so what I, what I would say is for reason number one, I would say, and I, I truly believe this, I don't think you need to know I don't think you need to know thing one about Transformers mm-hmm. to watch Transformers the movie. Okay. I think I think you do not need to be familiar with, with Transformers. I think you can walk, can walk into this movie cold. You can show this to a child who doesn't know any context. Um, and that, I'm saying this because they really force feed you everything in a very, like, obvious way. Like, for instance, when, um, like, Optimus Prime is the leader and the most badass Transformers all. He's the one we love. We love yeah. Optimus Prime. Mm. But if you were a kid just watching this, you didn't know that, you wouldn't care when Optimus Prime shows up. But one of the first things he does is just like, he walks in the battlefield and he goes, I've got your Autobots. And he like starts <laughs> doing flips and they're playing You Got the Touch. Uh, like <laughs> That song that like, you got the touch, bum, bum. And he's just blowing everybody away in slow motion. And you're like, oh, this is the guy. Right. Like it is, it, it could not be more obvious. And then there's also stuff where like there's a there is a kid stand in uh, there's like a human being stand in in this movie Danny and his dad Spike um, and they help the Autobots and like Danny just will will tell you everything you need to know because if he has questions he's you know he gets answered um, so and if the you, kid stand in is so great yeah he's just and he also he he, he looks like the GI Joe kids from the PSAs <laughs> <laughs> so I keep on thinking he's gonna be like oh what's you cooking or whatever. Um, <laughs> pork chop sandwiches <laughs> exactly it looks exactly yeah he has that face of so you ever froze I, i'm just waiting for him to say something crazy oh, uh, yeah. so yeah it's i i think i think number one thing is i think i think a lot of people would be turned off of this movie because like well i don't know transformers so i can't really like you could just pop in watch this movie and you could 100 follow along they, they they hold your hand uh and you get everything you don't you don't miss any context of this thing love that oh. That's so good to hear. I experienced it the true opposite way, so I'm very glad to hear that. Um, and it might have just been me on this one, <laughs> right? Because you were saying that it, that you felt like it had a lot of uh, 
Oh, There's just so yeah. much to it that it feels yeah, like you have trouble. to be familiar with it. Well, I'm yeah, not saying I, I followed the plot, but like they're like you know like there's a plot like there's a thing in here. It's in the in the Michael Bay movies. It's the All Spark. In this movie, it's the it's the Matrix. It's just yeah. a glowing orb that's literally like the MacGuffin. It's like everybody <laughs> everybody wants the glowing crystal. Yeah. Uh, they're all after the glowing crystal. They his guy gets it, then this guy gets it, then this guy gets it, and whatever. They all go to all these different places, and things are you're just along for this adventure, but it's really just like a pretty easy adventure to follow. I I, yeah. I, I mean, just in terms of like, I was saying it's like like knowing Transformers wouldn't have helped the cause, wouldn't have helped it more be more uh, clear. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good call. Absolutely, and there are like so 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 many characters, and some you're just like, I don't really need to know who this dude is. He's fine. He's around. He'll be dead in a minute. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. My my first reason uh, is that the intro sequence of this movie, which creates such a strong strong tone, uh, the villain of the movie is devouring an entire world. And we like get to see the like the entire destruction of chaos and like chaos of it all. And there's this foreboding narration at the start that immediately cracked me up because it goes, "It is the year 2005. What <laughs> 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 planets be destroyed? Spooky. <laughs> Britney's toxic is all over the charts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, worlds are being eaten, and also Pop is really nailing it right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was amazing. That CD-ROMs are becoming a thing of the past. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's the true villain. Um, but yeah, I really love the intro of this. It really created a tone well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah. Uh, I, I, I will, uh, if, if I, maybe, can I, are you good with that? I, I kind of want to piggyback on that reason a little yeah, bit. Yeah, please. Uh, I want to piggyback on it because I think this is also what, it's really intriguing because this is a very dark kids movie it is yes. very very dark and i think the opening gets you in that way because i mean we're telling you there's a, there's we say it's oh it's a planet that eats other, eats other planets that you know like in your head you say that sounds bad that sounds like a bad thing a planet eating <laughs> another planet but the the literally unicron literally is a planet thing but he's got two horns on the side of his planet like so he's the planet size the horns come out and they they just like crush into the planet to like hold it while the mouth of the planet eats the other planet. Now, like, where the horns crush in, they're, like, smashing children's schools and science labs, (laughs) and people are running away. It's like, it is like, it is like a a natural disaster event, and there's all these robots just, like, running away and screaming and picking up their kids and crying, and then, like, then they, like, eat the planet, and then, like, two, two people get on an escape pod, and then they're, like, then the planet gets stuck to the escape pod, and the music is so dark and just like it's got this yeah. great like pulsing like and then like the synth comes in it's like wah 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 like this kind of tritone really bad and it's like it like like I said you're a kid you just feel like oh like oh my god if uh, this is what death is like on a genocidal scale um it's, it's like, so true. And that's like, like the boss battle music too. That's what it sounds like. Oh yeah, yeah. And, it's, and this is the first five minutes. And and I also say just in terms of the darkness, and I and it's not a spoiler, but like people trans people will die. People are going to die true. in a big bad way, and it's and it's and it's crazy. It's uh, insane. Wow. Yes, it's that's like a good start to it too. If it's all in the intro, you're like coming out the gate with that, then yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. 
sets the expectation for a dark movie. Yeah. <laughs> But 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 you yeah you need to have the the darkness for the for the hero the heroics to come out right because because these are true heroics but it's, they set the stakes like so high for a kids movie it's so intense oh yeah that's my next reason too uh lots of death and grim moments that really like affected me as a kid where I was like oh all these characters there are so many and I've been watching them for like two seasons and I'd spent so much time playing with them as toys and I was like. Oh, things are happening. Oh my god, I didn't know that was allowed. <laughs> like yeah. it feels like there's some Game of Thrones level shit going on in this movie, and I was a kid. <laughs> Which yeah. is fucking awesome, honestly. Like that fed so much into who I am. <laughs> honestly, like I'm kinda of, I you know, obviously haven't seen this, but I'm imagining now just like, yeah, two horn horns just like rammed into a planet, and I'm like, that is brutal for a kid to see because it's not it's like the idea of a, a planet eating planet. It's like okay, it's like a little munch and then the planet's gone like in one bite. <laughs> but it's like a brutal like consumption and just like a, a, a lion attacking, devouring a, a gazelle kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, like there was even and this uh, kind of reminds me of what you're talking about before with the Michael Bay uh, movies where there wasn't much color. This movie is very like, it has such rich, vibrant 80s colors. And part of the beginning when you're watching this alien, like this other planet be devoured is like robot families in a mall. Yes. And you're like, this is so 80s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah right, yeah, right before the right before Unicron shows up, there's just like the yeah, there's a mall, like kids are going up and down the escalator, there's a fountain <laughs> in the center, and it's like, oh, this is what, what a nice planet this must be. And it's like, oh, it'd be a shame something happened to it. Also, I wonder if those escalators were transformers. Yeah, that's true. Oh, so sad. <laughs> oh. Doing their job. Yeah. This that is was... like the Flintstones now. <laughs> that's like a like a very like literal like class division of like they're being stepped on <laughs> by the uh by the people who are there shopping. The robots yeah. that are that are above them in class. That's <laughs> uh, so rough, so true. Oh. Um, but yeah, uh, death is also my my reason. Uh, Matt, what's your next one? Well, and, and let me just brighten things up because I, I do think, oh, yeah. like, I, I will say this because I think that, like, uh, I think it is shocking that this kids movie is so dark. Is why it's so intriguing to watch now. But all that being said, this thing is like wall to wall great music. Truly, yeah. truly, like. Like I actually, there was a time where I listened to this this soundtrack. Not ironically, I had the CD in my car for 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 years. I just had uh. it because uh, it's it's truly like a great like eighties like power ballad y riffy yeah. synthy yeah like metal. It's just so it's a really good like um really good soundtrack, really good score like the the composed score by the composer. Uh, the Transformers original theme is just like they, they do a remix of it where it's like <laughs> and they and they bring it back. And and like the other thing that happens in this movie is like they will play full songs like just in the middle of these action sequences and just let them play out to the point where like they don't even sync up with the movie. Like there's one <laughs> there's one cozy. I'm trying to think of it. It was where um, what was the song they played when they were underwater and they were fighting the, the, the underwater robots? Oh, I remember that. That's such a fun sequence, but I don't remember what song that was. So, so the, the, oh, they, they made it play, let's say, Dare. Dare, dare to do all the things you do. Oh, yeah. Whatever that one. <laughs> you can even dare. Like that one. But there's but it's great because like they're like doing this huge thing and like dare and then like they're they're shooting lasers at this robot, this robot's fighting them, and then he gets them out, and like the, the song's not done yet, but like I almost feel like 
they were contractually obligated to finish the song because like, he's <laughs> all he's doing is like carrying his friend out of the water onto the shore and then setting oh, him on yeah. the dock while they're finishing up this whole like it's like no 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 you don't have to like play the whole you can just fade that out at some point yeah it doesn't have to be epic anymore <laughs> no but but they but they have this whole i mean like like wall to wall there's like just great songs they play the whole song through including and this might even be a whole reason for you cozy (laughs) including a weird al song um oh yeah the first time i'd ever heard one from him yeah dare to be stupid is just on this track during a action sequence it's just it's just uh dare to be stupid is like his send up of the devo music um it's yeah, it fits it's really well while also kind of not like it's per it's perfectly placed it has the perfect tone and it also is a weird owl song in this movie <laughs> yes wow. so, it's amazing um yeah that was gonna be my next reason too the uh the whole the soundtrack because that is like a huge reason why people love this one um uh and also uh what i'm gonna tag onto it is that for a very long time for most of my life uh, I really thought that the song Highway to the Danger Zone was like very in this movie. Like it was hot rod driving, like the coolest character, hot rod, fucking being awesome or whatever, and just drive into that song, uh, Mandela affecting my brain. But apparently not at all in this movie at nope. all. <laughs> I was a shock. <gasps> yeah, no, it's yeah. I, I, I honestly like. I would say like uh, uh, this. This is like let's say a low stakes thing. If you put on the next time you're on a drive, put on the the Transformers soundtrack and just skip through it a little bit. I I, I almost guarantee you, if you if you did that, if you just listen to the soundtrack, you would watch the movie that night. That that's wow. say, Bray. True, it's true. Okay. It, would, yeah. it, it would pump you up so much. I have a question. Are there like okay? So I know you mentioned that. Like I was already like, huh? There's like a ly- like a lyrics uh, a, like song within this movie, which kind of makes sense to me for like '80s sort of like oh yeah uh, '80s movies in general. But like, are there more than one song with like lyrics up? Like what, during like action sequences? Every one, or? every one of them. Every like, one of them. That's amazing. Yeah, everything yeah. except for the one at the very beginning that was like ominous and foreboding. <laughs> yes, the but like like dare dare is such a great song. Like the touch uh, is. Yeah, do you do you remember Boogie Nights when they sing with the when they record their song? Yes. That's that. That's from the Transformers movie. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, so and that that's the song that that that's that's the song when Optimus Prime shows up and he starts just jacking people up and it's like you've got the touch, bum bum <laughs> bum. You've got the power, yeah. Then that's when he fights Megatron to that song. And uh, this isn't even a reason, but like, by the way, this movie starts in the third act of another yeah, movie. It's, crazy. it's, it's so <laughs> crazy. Like, like I can't explain it, but like story wise, the movie starts in the third because it's basically like the the the, uh, the Decepticons are attacking the Autobots, and this is the third act, and then the two big heroes, uh, the 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 biggest baddest people fight. That's the beginning yeah, of the movie. The is beginning. Yeah, like in that synopsis, I was like, okay, these are the things that have already happened. <laughs> right. So it's yeah, it's beginning in the in the in a third act because it's like yeah, the there's planetary destruction happening and this epic yeah. fight, and that's just the start of this movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is usually the end of most like yeah, looking at a plot structure is the end of a movie really. Yeah, and then it just doesn't stop from there with music and fights. Yeah. I love that. I love. I also love. Yeah, like I mean, a great soundtrack will get me like most of the time, but like. Songs that you can sing along to and that are just kind of like, like I could see yourself like, yeah, like, you know, 
windows down, just blasting the Transformers soundtrack. Like that, <laughs> that 80s voice kind of uh, seems to be like pretty present too. Um, yeah. Kind of like rock ballady, but with the 80s synth kind of che- kind of cheese attached to it. I don't know. Definitely. Yeah, this this movie is a timestamp, one hundred percent. Like it does not, it does not like feel timeless. It, you know, it feels timeless because it's so set in its time, kind of. Yeah, exactly. Like, like you could not mistake this for a seventies or a nineties thing. This is like dead set in the eighties. It's so good. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, my next reason on this one is the cast because you kind of have to. Um, uh, Transformers, the movie, the last movie Orson Welles ever acted in. Uh, and, uh, definitely entertaining on so many levels as a result of that. Uh, he, uh, the voice of the planet is just so ominous and just like pulsed. And I think that's, I, I read stuff about how Orson Welles's voice was not doing incredibly well at that time. Mm. So I think it kind of had to sound the way it sounded and it just works so well in the void of space, just this pulsed, strange sounding like epic voice um plus eric idle as a funny tv quoting junk robot (laughs) yeah just very fun and a a character like all the characters in this um were very entertaining and silly and weird a couple annoying ones but mostly i was just like oh there's a character called blur and he talks really fast this is hilarious i love it (laughs) Yeah, we haven't got all the characters too. Like, like we got the Dinobots, where just Grimlock, Grimlock, me, Grimlock. It's like, yeah, he's like, I'm stupid. That's my bit. I'm holding on to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a di- it's a dinosaur robot named Grimlock who goes like, me, Grimlock, bite him and butt, and just like yeah. and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, um, it's a transformer. You pat on the head and you go, good boy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <Aww. laughs> Uh well you know and I was gonna say because you end up taking my last reason which was just gonna be that but I'm so I'm gonna I will skip it I'll I'll come up with a new one before I get there because it is Orson like it is like kind of a true thing this is Orson Welles' last film performance this is his last yeah. movie so you think of his think of his 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 from Citizen Kane to Transformers the movie what a life what a wow. life what da- yeah what a change in cinema yeah <laughs> That's true. but but also like this is kind of a thing I also say for Unicron. This is it. Kind it really, really works, and it should be somebody of that gravity to yeah. the point of like it almost you couldn't recast that except unless you got like James Earl Jones now. Mm. Um, uh, but the, obviously, you'd be too Vader to do it. But it'd be like because because I I uh, man, you can't even like the scale of Unicron in this movie is so insane. Mm. Uh, it, it just in a way that is just like that like they have not captured in the new movies. Uh, the, just the size of him is, is compared to the other Transformers. Like it just, it's something, it's like a robot, the size of a planet. I don't know when you see it, it's just like, it truly is like awe inspiring. Oh um, yeah, absolutely. It, yeah. it has a lot, a lot of power to it. And that's why it's so nice to have multiple villains in this where you're like, well, there's a villain who's like kind of annoying and loud. And then there's a villain that like eats planet. Yeah. <laughs> Both of them have a place in this world. Well, yeah, because there, there's there's Megatron, which is very much just like I'm the most powerful. Like he's like kind of yeah. your guy. But then you got Scar Star Star Scream, Alexander Star Scream. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, who that? That's my favorite villain trope. Is the kind of like the villain who's like 
the subordinate to the most powerful villain until he gets one second where he thinks he's on the top. Yeah. He's like, now it's my turn to be the best. Ah! And it's like, <laughs> it's such a it's terrible like, voice. I loved it. Like, what a shit, man. I love, I love Starscream. He's such oh, a shit. So fun. Um, Okay, reason number four for me. Okay, here we go. I'm, I'm just talking. I'm, I'm just talking with excitement <laughs> about it. Goes on this I sometimes. love that. I love the yeah that you're uh, giving examples of the voices too because it's like you gotta have the the like the shrill kind of voice in there somewhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. So my number four is is and the, uh, this is like kind of the opposite of my first one where I was saying like you don't need to know Transformers going in, but it makes you really want to dive into this world. And by that I mean, like when you watch the movie, there's I you you come away with so many questions about like why are the Transformers, why are the Autobots all cars? Why would the <laughs> like why would the Decepticons get to be cool things like trains and guns and <laughs> fighter jets and these cool things? But like Autobots are only cars, like that's so stupid. Or like what uh, like. Are Autobots made up of any organic material? If they're aliens, like, what were they made of? Like, who made them? Like, who created them? Why are they friends with humans? Why do humans even know them? Like, how have they not changed our technology? Like, the the lore of this world, I don't know exactly what the deal is. But it does make me, like, want to quit. Because also, you go from planet to planet, and there's, like, why do these junk robots act like this? Why are the robots that think they're sharks? Yeah. Why are the why are there robots that like like act like animals like like but these ones can talk but these ones can't and it it there's a there's a lot of just like stuff that you just accept because you're just in the middle of this adventure but uh, it's it, a it, lot of questions <laughs> it does and, and but in the, in the I think in the best way just in the way that like right. oh like this would be if if I saw a Transformers comic book especially as a kid I'd be like oh and I'm gonna read this and maybe I'll find out a little bit more about these like strange creatures these Transformers but. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do, I do always think that Transformers got a raw deal when they're like, I get to be a Cadillac. Well, I'm a truck. I'm and an escalator. <laughs> yeah, and then like and like, well, there are two. There are also there are two. There are two dueling Transformers. Soundwave is a Decepticon, and who's the uh, good one that does the cassette tapes? I don't remember anymore, honestly. But he, he was the guy that does the radio. It it's it's uh, was it like it should be, but probably not. But but there's two transformers that transform into boom boxes yes. and then th- they Ooh. also spit cassette tapes out of their boom boxes <laughs> and those cassette tapes become tiny transformer robots what? so so they have they have little transformers inside their chest that they shoot out as cassette tapes uh and they and they're they they both battle and like one one's like a bad guy robot who like has like a talks like that like he talks like a like a um uh like a cigarette thing that you know you put on your throat like a throat uh voice box yeah it's uh, amazing yeah <laughs> so like yeah the, like the imagination of all the transformers is, is really cool so like i said we, i think i think even if you don't know about the transformers you're going to come out wanting to know more about like who the hell the constructive bots are and who the the dino bots are and Soundwave and what is his deal and like there's there's so much there's so much of that Oh, it's true. Yeah, I remember having those boombox toys and being like, holy shit, these actually, these are like little tapes that actually play little songs. I love that, like, yeah, I know we, you mentioned that boomboxes were going to come into this somehow, and I love that, yeah, they are also Transformers. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's great. But yeah, I always get that, like, I started thinking about the questions, too, that would pop up of, like, yeah, so it's, like, Transformers based off of, like, human cars or human cars modeled off Transformers, <laughs> like without i don't know that's yeah oh amazing um yeah i 
Uh, I, my last reason for this uh, is we've covered it a little bit in, uh, in bits and pieces, and this sort of piggybacks off the last one a little bit too. Um, were uh, Soundwave's voice being so like good and robotic with this echoing like depth, and hearing it just fully took me back to childhood. Um, as did the sound effects. Just the second I heard that transforming noise, just a burp, 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 burp sort of thing, it just immediately came back to me. Well, there's also, I mean, talking about the sound design too, is like there's all these lasers, everybody shooting lasers at each other. Oh, but yeah. like, but Optimus Prime's lasers sounds just a little different. And it, and it sounds like more heroic than everybody else's layer, laser. It's, that's amazing. Uh, the, yeah, the sound, the sound, all the sound on this movie is actually just fantastic. This oh, it's is so good. I, I would watch this in a theater just for like the sound of it all. Oh, same. Um, uh, well, this this kind of like like to piggyback on that a little bit, and this for my last reason, I'll say just like it is a it is a truly I think visually stunning movie, yeah. and I, and I and I and the animation is like it, it is like have you seen Akira yet the uh, the anime? Yes. Uh, yes. So that that's probably like the high water mark for animation, I think probably ever before beauty of the beast maybe mm. um uh and then i think from there you got uh, uh i don't know what you'd call it like the cg area which i which i have a hard time like uh, going up against but or, or maybe like <laughs> some maybe maybe like something like spirited away or something like that oh, these kind God. of like, okay. like, like these great hand-drawn animations and i and i would put this up there with any hand-drawn animated uh movie ever made in terms of just like the look of it how, how the design of it the colors the the and then like the sheer just animation built into some of these frames like the effects the like the laser effects they put on stuff i think this is i think one reason why this movie stayed strong after it's like and why it became like a cult classic i i think it's probably a movie that kids like would smoke weed and watch and be like yeah man <laughs> like i do think it like it maintains this kind of like like it is just a visually stunning movie that just that just like you can zone out to in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see myself like turning this on in the background and just kind of just having it on and just like turning my head every time something amazing happens. Cause there's just a lot visually to appreciate here. Oh, it's true. Oh yeah. It's so good. Um, I also have, I have one bonus reason. Feel free to also go for a bonus reason. Okay. <laughs> um, for me, it was that there were a lot of funny and quotable moments in this. Like you can tell this guy wrote, you know, I dream of genie and shows like that because it's very like funny and in bits and pieces. Like, there's a point where the Dinobots knock down a big door and crush a guy with the knockdown door, and then one of the Dinobots is like, "Excuse me," yeah, <laughs> like apologizes while running, crushing <laughs> this dude. Um, there's also the quote, "I got better things to do tonight than die." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's insane. Very action hero. Very. Oh, I- <laughs> I, I I wish uh, I wish I I wish I had the, the exact dialogue back and forth between Megatron and Ultimate Optimus Prime because it was so like it was so good and so bad at the same time. Because like <laughs> it, it was something like it's like like today's the day that you die, Optimus Prime. Because like yep. actually, you mean you die? Yeah, it was like, that what? was amazing that moment. <laughs> like it was like something like. <laughs> Correction. Like, yeah, <laughs> that would be a bad thing to hear if I was the one saying it or whatever. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, it sounds that cheesy, but it was almost exactly that cheesy. Uh, it's so it's like I am rubber, you are glue, Megatron. <laughs> yeah. But it's somehow in the context so perfect. And yeah, and the universal greeting, uh, "Ba weep, grana weep, mini ba." Yeah. Um, <laughs> while I was rewatching this, I realized that those words have been in the back of my head for decades with no context. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did you ever? Do you ever spell them out backwards and see what it spells? You know what? It's been a really long time, but I vaguely remember that being something. Yeah, uh, man, I, I I totally forgot it. Uh, I'm gonna look it up. I'm so so vamp. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, uh, along with all the other amazing quotable things in this movie, of which there are many, but um, it was just nice to like. There's something really nice to watch something from childhood and realize what really deeply stuck with you. Um, I don't know if if everyone feels this way, but I always have random stuff in the back of my head every so often that just pops up and like. Oh yeah, my friend said this incredibly funny thing to me in fifth grade, and I never talked to him anymore. But I will never forget making sweet love to the football in like a Barry White voice. Like yeah. <laughs> I don't know where the fuck that came from. He probably made it up. Maybe he saw it on something. But that's oh, in the shower sometimes. I'm just like, oh yeah, that's a funny thing. I wonder why I know that. <laughs> yeah. Was that uh, a good vamp? Do we get it? Uh, I could not find. I just say that it just means like "hello, women need no harm." I, 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 I thought for sure it was something. It was some like secret message that was like really obvious. Yeah, uh, feels familiar. I'll say that. That does sound like something that I remember. I don't know why. But that could be just some like some schoolyard bullshit that some kids would say. Like I know what that actually means, right. and it's like it's like I've got the nude code to Lara Croft or whatever. It's right. like it's not oh real. <laughs> or my uncle works at Nintendo or whatever. That's uh, so funny. No, th- this this one is like I said for a childhood movie that I, I feel like uh, th- th- there's a lot that uh, I really think it holds up. I do think it has a lot of merit to be watched today. I there's there's and there's not a lot of movies like it too. Like that's the other thing is too is I just don't like I, I don't know if there's anything I'd go like well you could watch Transformers but you really should watch is you know even mm, like, like the better version or whatever and there is no yeah no because <laughs> like maybe there's some great anime that's like kind of a cool adventure or something like mm. that but it just it just doesn't quite have this like. 80s like this is like 80s american earnestness and coolness that's like that that still works and still like translates in a way i want to it's like probably more like top gun than any other animated movie it's <laughs> a good time to bring it up definitely yeah it's a good call but yeah those are those are all our reasons right we're good yeah, i believe that yeah that's all that's all of them yeah well done brie what do you think um yeah i really like that it's dark i'm all about dark stuff uh, and the fact that it's like an animated uh feature big fan of the 80s so yeah there's a lot of things going for it um and yeah i will say i was a little hesitant because it's like it was one of those movies where i was like i'm not familiar enough with the world of uh of mm-hmm. like the animated series transformers to get into it but the but the but you saying that it like it, it's easier to get into and you don't really have to like go in knowing and i've seen like yeah i've seen the I've seen a little bit of it and I've seen, you know, the Michael Bay films. So I feel like I, I have a, a good enough sense of like the characters to, to go to watch it. Um, but yeah, I think I am convinced. Um, a big fan of like, yeah, the, the, the examples of the music uh, and the soundtrack and the Weird Al song in there. So, um, and yeah, I mean, it just sounds like it's a really like, I got like a lot of emotional range. Like it's, it's dark and kind of, uh, dark and, and emotional at times, but that it's, you know, still fun action and like little witty moments. And the fact that it's like written by someone who's done a lot of yeah comedy writing, it's like, it seems like it's going to hit all the marks as far as like range of emotions goes. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on board. Oh, awesome. awesome. We did it. Well yeah. done. I wonder if it's streaming anywhere. I feel like that'd be, yeah, that seems like a fun, it just seems like one of those movies too, that you can just kind of like, it's like, 
easy to find the time to do it you know like you don't have to be in a certain like headspace to watch it yeah no. i wonder if it's streaming on optimus prime <laughs> i mean wow. right now. there it is there it um, is but uh <laughs> had to be done but uh it is the entire movie is free on youtube that's where i watched yeah. it oh, oh wow yeah it's very convenient <laughs> That is <laughs> it's a nice surprise. There's also like an anniversary edition that you can pay money to rent on YouTube, I think. So, yeah, I had a couple moments during it. I was like, is this the whole, am I missing anything? Is this correct? But I think it is. I think I saw the whole thing. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Yeah, it feels right. Anyway, <laughs> audience, if you've seen Transformers the movie, sorry, the Transformers the movie, uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at, and Instagram at Need to See Pod and tell us how you felt about it. Tell us your thoughts. If you've got nostalgia, bring it up. We love it. And join the Facebook group. Tell us some other movies we need to see. We appreciate you uh, listening and all that good stuff. But now, we're moving on to recommendations. Bree? Ooh, okay. So my recommendation this week is to uh, make some homemade guacamole. Ooh. Because I just did that, and it came out great, and... Uh, it's usually cheaper when you get all the ingredients and then like buying the pre-made tub. And I've got, I feel like I've gotten it down to like a, a science now where I just can like, now it's like one of my favorite, it's like my go-to, like bring it to a, an event kind of thing. Oh, that's awesome. Thing. Um, but yeah, it's really good. Yum. And better, that better when you good. make it yourself. It feels like it, it, you know, it always feels better when it's homemade. I got that way with pesto cream sauce for a minute where I was just like, I know all the things. I'll just toss them into this and it'll come out beautiful. Yeah. What do you do do for your citrus? Do you do lime or do you lemon? I do lime. Okay. I I, I, I like lemon in my guac, but it is like, uh, yeah, like I'm a, but I'm a citrus hit. I I do a lot of it. Yeah. Now I think about, and think about doing orange. That sounds fun. Ooh, (laughs) actually I've done a little bit of, I've done that before. I've like done like a splash of like, if I, I don't think I did it with an orange, but I did like a splash of orange juice. Oh, nice. How was it? Which was, it was good. Yeah. I had like a nice, like it just added to the citrusy flavor, but it gave it a little, a little sweetness, which I thought went well with like, you know, the spicy. I I also throw like, I I make mine pretty spicy too. I throw Mm. in like, you know, a, a couple jalapenos or like a, a serrano sometimes. <laughs> Yum. That does sound yeah. like a delight. I can't eat spicy things the way uh, I used to, which is a damn bummer, but I have been like definitely having a lot more avocado paste lately. And mm. that's insane that you could just buy that from a store. It is really good. What is, uh, yeah. I'm like, is that just crushed? Cause I'm like, uh, that's kind of what guac ends up being. So yeah. Good. It's like, it's like whatever you get on avocado toast, basically. Okay. Yeah, it's honestly, it's just a textural element that's really fucking good. And mm. it's just easy. It's just you sort of spread it in a pasty way. And you're like, why is this good? How does this work? <laughs> Do not understand. Um, but it is delightful. Matt. Uh, you know what? I, 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 uh, I have been watching. I've been re-watching. And I, and I watched this a couple times during quarantine. I'm watching it again. Uh, uh, since we're talking about giant robots, uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion, um, which is I'm not I'm not the biggest anime fellow, but this this is the uh, very famous show. It's still it's still like famous in Japan to this day. Uh, it released in '96, but I don't know why it's still famous. It's the weirdest, <laughs> coolest show. Um, the uh, the the How did this get played? Which is a, a podcast that I listen to. They have a they have a thing called Get Animated. This little their their little second gate thing. Um, yeah. So I'm li- I'm listening. This is the first time I've watched the show and had to like watch it week by week instead of just binging it. 
Um, so I'm having a great time binging this show, Neon Genesis Evangelion. It's about a, a kid, these 14-year-old kids have to go into these giant robots and fight these angels, these giant kaiju that are threatening the world. Um, but it ends up being about like existence and depression and uh, purpose of life and like what is consciousness and uh, all these huge, huge questions like built around. It's like a deconstruction of a robot show. Uh, it's and it's it's really really great. So uh, one one of the all time anime masterpieces. If you guys ever want to watch that, yeah, I've heard good things about that one. I've never checked it out, but it's always kind of been on my list. Um, yeah, I've heard good things about that too. It's oh, it's yeah. also also very approachable. Like I said, the for the first episode just to t- it's like it, it it truly is like plays like a teen. You know, like you have nightmares for like from when you're like, oh, I'm gonna go to school and I'm naked, or like <laughs> I went to college and I didn't have my college credits, or those types of nightmares. It's like mm, yeah. Literally, he shows up at a train station. A hot woman picks him up, who he doesn't know, but she scares him because she drives fast. She pulls into this 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 big headquarters of this like technological place, and he doesn't know what's going on. All of a sudden, there's a giant robot head next to him. And he goes, "Oh my god, that's so scary!" And then he looks up and he goes, "Dad, I haven't seen you in ten years." And dad's and then dad's like, "Get in the Eva! You have to fight this monster!" And he goes, "Like what? I don't know how to do that." And he goes, "Get in the fucking Eva, Shinji!" And he goes, "Like ah!" And he like gets and, like. It's like it's like a teenager's nightmare. Uh, uh, the first episode, it's but it like kicks you right into gear, and then it starts getting crazy as it goes. But it's a uh, really fantastic show. That's awesome. That sounds like a lot of fun. I definitely have like a lot of uh, sort of anime classics on my list that I've never seen, like Ghost in the Shell and stuff. Where I'm just like, one day. Me, I'm, I'm the same way. I've, there's a lot I've left off, but the, but that one is when I watched when I was a kid, and I and I rewatch it every like two or three years. I'll rewatch the whole series. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I, I also have a lot of anime that has been on like a list and I haven't seen. And yeah, I think this was one too that I've heard several people talk about. And yeah, it seems like definitely worth watching. And I love I love a show that just kind of like kicks you right into action. It's not like a slow build. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, start start off strong and get, get, get us hooked. Yeah, always a good choice. Uh, my recommendation for this week is a TV show that I mentioned earlier, The Oblongs. Watch The Oblongs. It's a fucking incredible animated comedy. When I was younger, I remember distinctly being like, well, The Simpsons is done now that this exists and is amazing. So (laughs) I cannot recommend The Oblongs enough. If you've never seen it, then it's time to change that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I have not seen that. Holy shit. Matt? I'm not seeing it either. Whoa. Oh my god, this is great. This is exactly my audience. Um, so the Oblongs, just real quick. Uh, Will Ferrell is the dad in it, and he plays a dad without arms or legs. Um, <laughs> uh, they're, uh, the, the Sklar brothers play, uh, you know, um, conjoined twins in it. Um, and uh, everybody in the family has something sort of going on because they live in the valley uh, because they don't have a lot of money and nuclear waste in the valley has kind of transmuted them into weird creatures and uh, the people in the hills have all the money and we sort of watch them make fun of those people in the hills and uh, it's just very, very dark and super funny. Just a all great right. voice cast. Oh, that sounds, where, do you know where that stream by any chance? That's a great question. I don't, but it's got to be somewhere on the internet. It was on, it used to be on Adult Swim. Like that was, that's where I saw it. And I think it had come from some other random network, but. Got it. Yeah. I'm intrigued. Yes. Oh, it's so, it's like when I went back and watched the critic, uh, there were 
aspects of it that I were dis that I was disappointed by, I don't feel like I'll be quite as disappointed with the oblongs. Got it. Oh, amazing. It. <laughs> yeah, highly recommend. Hopefully it's hiding on YouTube somewhere at the very least. Yeah. Uh, I feel like getting into an animation kind of thing right now too. Yeah, it's like okay, I want to watch Transformers. Oh hell yeah. This anime and then yeah, this this show it sounds like a it's it's time to to pivot into an animated direction for a while and forget that's live action. Always highly recommended. That's always a delight. Yeah. Uh, that's where my brain is all the time. All my pilots are animated pretty much. Mhm. Mm can do so much more with it. I mean, like your world is you know, the possibilities are endless. It's a versatile medium, no question. Mm -hmm. I just have to shake my own brain out of like literal sort of stuff and get back to the weird absurdist kid I was. <laughs> right. Anyway, it is time for plugs. Matt, you got some plugs? Sure. Uh, follow me at Matt Mazzani on Twitter. Also follow me at Matt Mazzani on Instagram. If you go to my Instagram, you'll find a lot of my uh, my uh, I take I take photos of pro wrestling. I take other photos as well. Um, also listen to get it again, a wrestling podcast uh, where we listen to thunder from start to finish. Uh, and also if, if you're, if you're on regular network TV, uh, uh, watch the con on ABC, which is Thursdays. Uh, it's a docuseries show about different con artists. And I, I directed all the, um, recreations for that show. So oh, check awesome. that show out. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's cool as hell. Yeah. yeah. Uh, them's, them's my plugs. Nice Brie. Sure. Um, I don't uh, name TBD, but uh, new sketch team, new house sketch team at the pack is going to have uh, their first show um, on September 11th. Uh, never forget. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 9 p.m. on Sunday. Uh, yeah, we're still we don't have a name yet, so it's kind of hard to plug. But follow me uh, at Brindiana Jones uh, on Instagram to, to find the details uh, for that as they come and we figure out what we're going to be called. Uh, but yeah, a bunch of new people, a bunch of people from Fever, uh, basically merging into a new team. Um, follow the Daily Misinformer at the Daily Misinformer on uh, TikTok and Instagram. We've got like uh, basically just post a bunch of like monologue jokes uh, uh, based on the news from that week. So lots of fun, lots of followers. Uh, yeah, real quick videos too, so you don't have to invest a lot of time into it. Watch one, and you could, and that's it. Um, Bite-sized. Bite-sized, yeah. Uh, and that's it for right now, for me. Sweet. My plugs are, let's see. I think I'm probably gonna do like beginning of September plugs, and that's pretty much just um, on the fifth, uh, September fifth, aka Labor Day. I'm just realizing right now, huh? That'll be interesting. Um, I wonder if my comedy show will be themed around Labor Day for that Monday. <laughs> there is a decent chance. Um, but yeah, so crash this party, possibly crash this Labor Day party, or pro probably crash this labor organization party. I feel like that's the direction <laughs> I'll go in instead. <laughs> um, but who knows? Based on how I did 4th of July, I have a feeling I'll probably lean towards that and be outraged about something, I'm sure. But... <laughs> Regardless, that will be a fun show. Uh, 7 p.m. at the Clubhouse main stage um, on September 5th with whoever I book for it. I don't know who I've booked for it or who I will book for it, but I know it'll be somebody. I'm trying to make a dance one happen at some point, but I feel like I'm not sure if that's going to be the... That's probably not going to be the night for that. That would be crazy. <laughs> who knows? Regardless, dance will happen at some point point or another too 
All right, those are my plugs. Make sure to give a five-star rating, audience. Uh, we really appreciate those, and they help us live and thrive as a podcast and not become escalators in our daily lives. Uh, <laughs> make sure to leave reviews and subscribe. If you leave a five-star review, we will uh, notice it, and then we will read it on the air. Um, if there are any that we haven't noticed, we appreciate you, and we will notice those. <laughs> and uh, thank you very much, Bree, for edis- editing this episode. We appreciate you as well. Thank you. Hell yeah. You're welcome. Matt, slash you're welcome. Yes. Perfect. I'm on board for all that. And Matt, thank you very much for coming in and guesting. This has been delightful. Yes. Oh, it was a joy. Uh, I, I, you, you transformed me into a happy boy. Just get to talk Aww. about this movie again. It's great. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> oh, perfect. How it should be. And audience, thank you all so much for listening to You Need to See This. Woo. You got the touch. You got the power. shall stand, one shall fall. Why throw away your life so recklessly? That's a question you should ask yourself, Megatron. No! I'll crush you with my bare hands!